Yeah, it's funny that that um, being told you're okay with what you've been thinking is, you know, priceless. And yeah. we spend so much time thinking we are doing it wrong, and, but we're not. Anything that you're thinking is probably the way you should be going. No one has to tell you it's right, but it's kind of nice when they do. Hey there, I'm so glad you're here. My name is Margaret Petrie, and I am your chief curiosity correspondent for Authentic Obsessions. The world is filled with prolific artists with an obsessive hunger to create, bringing you conversations with curious, unapologetic, and engaged artists to talk about this messy creative journey we're on sets me on fire. Today, I bring to you episode 33, my conversation with Caroline Story, a Brit living the Canadian life on Vancouver Island who loves polka dots and stripes. Caroline makes these stitched pictures using textiles and collage that she combines with words and phrases to create playful and totally relatable artworks. She sells them as digital prints and cards. You gotta go check them out. You'll be ordering them for all of your friends. I think I have to buy several of the knitter cards. During our conversation, Caroline shares her obsession with having thoughtful, and reflective chats about creativity and creating a supportive community. She writes on her website, if you have the gnawing or the roaring of that thing happening inside you, I wish you a way to start your own curious adventure, to see what your thing is trying to be too. It really is worth it and totally possible. She offers up her creative coaching couch and likes to change the conversation for people so that they know they are doing great just where they are. She says, come have a virtual lie on my creative couch. Tell me all about it and let's see what the world has in store for you in your creative dreams. Yep, Caroline holds a safe space for other artists to work through their creative journey. And I have to say, since we've talked, I found myself questioning different aspects of my own creative life and why I'm stuck in certain areas, how I want to spend the next year, and what's driving those choices. So even though she doesn't know this, I feel like I had a mini coaching session with her. So thank you, Caroline. Please follow Caroline on Instagram, watch her Instagram live sessions, and check out her website. The links are in the show notes and on our episode page at AuthenticObsessions.com. All right, without further ado, here's my conversation with Caroline Story. Are you ready? I'm ready for you. Hi, Caroline. I'm so glad you agreed to be here today. Thank you so much. You blew me away by asking. This is a, this is a treat. Can we start with you telling us just a little bit about your creative path and how you found your place in the art world? Um, yes, for sure. I'm always, um, yeah, I knew you'd ask this. And uh, my, my life has been pretty twisty turny, but I pinpointed it really to starting when I arrived in Vancouver Island. And my husband and I moved here from Ontario 2005. Um, and I guess I was about, there's some math involved. I was uh, 32. And so the, we had a big road trip to come over and there's something very meditative. It's probably the only time I could understand what meditation would be is when you're on a road trip and we were just passing through so many different landscapes I've never seen before. I had no idea how huge Canada was. And it was just this amazing time where we had no responsibilities. There was nothing that we had to do during that time except for across the country. Um, and it really sparked this, um, it really sparked my mind. Like it was going all over the place. I had film things that were going on in my head. 
I had a business I was going to start, which was selling polka dots and stripes only. I had, I had, I just had all these random. There were poems coming and um, ideas of pictures going through the prairies and stuff. Just everything was coming. It was like it was like a TV came in my head just to keep us going. And then when we, so I think that just started a fire inside me or something. And when we came to Vancouver Island, um, we were so fortunate to be put in touch with some really good friends of my sister-in-law and they took us in if you can imagine they took us in they didn't really know us but you know assumed we came with good credentials and uh, invited us into their home for a, a whole month and we just had the best time they were just as excited about Vancouver Island as we were they were creative and they were both teachers so they were really good mentors as well and just that whole combination of having thoughts of what could I do mixed in with someone actually interested in what what you want to do and instead of saying well how are you going to do that or putting the obstacles in the way they were like that sounds great let's and I was talking about textiles at the time and so one of my friends is Cecilia Penner and she's a brilliant sewer and she just got me started with some basic sewing and taught me I'd never really been taught in a way that I could understand. It was, she got me onto a good sewing machine, good tools, I learned, a good iron, a good pattern to work from. And she just kind of broke everything down for me to make things, make things seem possible. Whereas before I'd never really thought about things in that way. I thought you had to do things a certain way or you had to put yourself into a box, whereas telling someone oh, I might quite like to play around with some textiles and someone going that sounds great you should do that was really uplifting so and the whole newness of starting a life here it just all combined into starting that creative search is what I think that started. So what did you make? <laughs> I made so my sewing was pretty basic still I made tea cozies I would thrift fabric. I got really into, I think Kath Kidson had just come out with some stuff and was showing about vintage fabric finds. So I was really enjoying thrifting and the old sort of 60s patterns. I love bold, I love clashing and I love polka dots and stripes. And so I would make, and I think because Sia was so excited, you love making gifts for people like that, hey? So I made her my first tea cozy. She's like me, she loves a cup of tea. And so I made it for Christmas and it, you know, they're just so kind and encouraging. And then I thought, oh, I'll make some more. And they've got lots of markets around here on Vancouver Island. So I, I even had the audacity to take my tea cozies and I had a little card table and I just had tea cozies, which is not going to make me a million dollars, I have to say. But it was just so fun to be part of something. I... I was so happy and it was just so weird. It was not something that I, you would have ever thought I was going to do, but it was, Vancouver Island is just full of people going, yeah, you should do that. And it's very entrepreneurial, very encouraging of people. So that's, that's where I started. And then as I went on, I kind of, um, I got, I felt restricted by just using thrift fabrics and I didn't want to use bought pattern. I wanted to be involved in the pattern making and so I started block printing fabric for a while and, and doing, and it's probably a bit, my pictures, really simple motive designs and colors. And I would print it on like a, 
a hemp plain. So it was like quite colorful on plain. And I, yeah, thinking about it, I hadn't thought of that. That's kind of like my pictures now, the white with the color, the mm-hmm. layering on it. So I did that for a while. And again, with the markets, and then I had children. <laughs> <laughs> and there was a little tiny break where I had, I had my two children. And, um, and yeah, time, time really wasn't there for that kind of thing anymore. I think you understand. And um, I think what happened, it was a few years. I think my youngest was about two and my eldest had started to go to preschool that I, I was really kind of, I think I was a bit lost. I was very isolated. I love living here, but I didn't have family around or anything. And bless it, my husband's brilliant, but he was starting his business. So there was a lot of time of me at home by myself. And it was getting a bit, it was, I was getting quite tired, really. But I noticed there were little moments in my day that were wonderful. And I started, there was like that whisper. So I've started to listen to the whisper saying, take notice of these. And so when I was out for a walk with my daughter, you know, it's around this time of year, you know, when you've been through winter, but the sun comes out and it's warm and it's like, it's like, it reminds you, it goes, it's not going to always be like this or something. It was one of those days. And so it, it had been raining. My daughter was splashing around in puddles and I had this poem come about walking with her. And I quickly wrote down the poem. And then for some reason, I don't know why, but I was, I started making a picture and that was my first stitch picture. It's so simple if you look at it, it's like the back of me or what's supposed to be me holding hands with my little daughter, splashing out and then a little poem. And there was something about doing that that I knew this is something more. This is something I want to do. And it was pulling together techniques. It wasn't like I looked at someone's technique and was doing it. I was trying to build it myself didn't know you could sew on paper and it's so satisfying it doesn't pucker like when you're trying to sew you can make all these outfits that I would love to make in real life but I'm not talented enough I can make any outfit I want in this flat form just the excitement of each moment of layering that picture it was like this is wow I can do this oh I could do this adding the words seem I seem to need words with pictures yeah, I put it on Facebook or something. And I have lovely people. People have always, I've been so lucky to have such supportive voices. And so people are like, oh, I like your picture. And then I spoke to a mum and I remember this. I said, that picture was so important to me. And I was, I was being weird. I was putting this real seriousness on this silly little picture, but it was like I needed to tell someone I needed to put it out because I knew I would let it slip away otherwise. If I don't put it out in the world, if I don't say it, I'm going to let it go. And there's been times in my life I just know I have to do it. And that's what happened with that first picture. How long did it take you from when you did that first picture? Did you just keep making more and more? Was there a break in between? So do you know what I did? And I can't believe I did this, but I think it's that strong knowing <laughs> Within, I think I made one more picture after that. And then I did two main things. I spoke to around six makers and artists in my community. And I said, do you want to come and meet and talk about your makes? 
because I knew if I spoke about it in the serious way I was feeling about it, even though I had nothing really to show, it would make it stay. It would, I would put the energy into it. The other thing I did, which I can't, I don't even know why I did, this is not me. I'm not, I'm quite good at under the radar living, but I, I went into a little local cafe who's who's really cool and they always have artists on the wall I think they give them a month to two months and I only had two pictures and I said would you possibly let me show my work one month and so she booked me in and it was luckily they're quite busy so it was about eight or nine months away so I got everything I knew I had a deadline and I had my people and if I hadn't had my people, there's no way I would have done that first show. I would have totally um, wimped out on it. But because I have people going, and how's those pictures coming, Caroline? And they were talking as if I was going to show in the coffee shop. <laughs> so, oh, it's so funny. You really think this is going to happen? And then, and it did happen. And my whole story has been through support of people, someone taking an interest at the beginning, that mentorship meant so much to me. And having people along the way, I, I can't be left to my own devices. So is that in-person creative group that you started, is that the one that's still going today? I think I saw that on your website, yeah. right? Yeah, we just, we just finished our meeting this morning for uh, every other Thursday. And some of the members have changed, life happens sort of thing, but there's some core members there still. Yeah. Last year, obviously, with what was going on, we started to meet every week. And they were like the people I was seeing the most of, you know. they Everybody that I asked at that beginning said yes. Isn't that amazing? Well, knowing you now, no, but... <laughs> <laughs> I think it's wonderful. I think everybody needs yeah. that. And yeah. we're so isolated as artists. And I need people to connect with, not necessarily in a extroverted every single day way, but but to have that connection and to have some accountability. I feel like there's hardly any accountability when you're an artist except with yourself. And that's really, really hard for some of us. Yeah, it's it's totally true. We all sort of need that support. And what I'm loving at the moment is this, there's a new culture around of sharing and promoting each other. And it's, and it's so uplifting and it's there. There's an openness that just puts more and more energy into your work. And you feel like you're part of a community. So you want to do well almost for the community at times. So you don't want to let them down by not having the work. We did a uh, visual market uh, last year. So we were allowed to have very small groups. And so we, we uh, set up our tents in my, in my backyard, but were far apart. And then we videoed it on an Insta Live. And it was so fun. And the community outside really wanted to support us too. You know, you're doing something new and, you know, obviously you think no one's going to come. <laughs> but at least for the six of us, we're kind of getting to have some fun anyway. It's like, it's all right, we'll just have fun. And um, But people did come and people were brilliant about it. And yeah, I don't know. I've just been nothing but encouraged by the way people are excited by what you do. Well, it seems that one of the basic needs that we have as humans is this need to be seen and heard. You are allowing other people to be seen and heard. You're, you are feeling seen and heard, I think, through those groups. 
and the supportive community that you've built. You're also doing coaching sessions. Is that so right? I, yes, I'm just um, I'm training as to be a creativity coach. Yeah, because just because I love having these conversations, really, and knowing what started it was was I think I was having a show at another coffee shop and I bumped into two people and they were being very complimentary and then they started talking about what they always have wanted to do and we had such a great chat and each of them was saying and they knew exactly what they wanted to do they even knew how they were going to do it and then I said something like oh that's great well if you you know send me a little sign of what you do and as soon as I started talking about them actually doing it I watched them go from being elated to deflated oh, I don't think I will. And just all the sort of reasons why they weren't going to do it came. And it was, as if, it was as if they thought that I had something that they didn't. And I, did, and I wanted them to know I have nothing more than, than you do. Or, or I just started and then probably had people to get me over the hump of that. If you just start and get someone encouraging, you can, you can do any of it. That's one of the hardest things, beginning. Like, how do you begin? I know so many people, myself included, who do a lot of research, overthink things, but actually like building the website or reaching out to the coffee shop, whatever it is that your next step is, right? It's so hard sometimes to just do the actual thing to begin. Do you have trouble with beginning something or do you just dive right in? You know what? That's a really good point. No, that you're completely right. And I, the reason why I start stuff is because it's too bad not to start. Things have to be not all right for you to grab onto something that you think is going to make you cope, feel better. It's these. You're right. It's the lifelines that we grab. And I only grab them. I call it busy being all right. You can spend time in your life pretty happy, doing all right, but you're not, it's easy to forget the thing that you're really, you're not connected to it still. But you're, you're ticking all the boxes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then when things aren't all right, you need something more that you're going to connect with that's really going to feel good it needs to feel something it needs to feel real I think and the and the major times in my life when I've made those grabs it's like I hear something that's like I know that if I let this go it's not going to go well does that make any sense or no yeah yeah absolutely you have to be in some kind of it's a shame and maybe for other for other people I wonder if you don't have to be at the rock bottom but I think for you to grab something for yourself the consequences of not grabbing it need to be quite significant, maybe. I have a quote that I love. Brene Brown says that vulnerability is the birthplace of creativity. You need courage to be vulnerable, right? So it just follows that if you are an artist, you have courage because any artist who puts their work out there is being vulnerable. So if you can think about it in terms of if I've ever put my work out there, I must be brave. I think about the ways in which the artists and creative people I know are brave. And I don't know if people understand how brave they really are by putting their work out there. 
we tend to sort of play down, right? Our own work sometimes. Oh, it's not very good. Oh, I'm new. Oh, you know, there's all these excuses why I'm not an artist. But I think about how vulnerable we really need to be to be creative. And I feel like you have already articulated some ways in which you are brave by just starting. You know what's funny when you say that as well is I think the other the other thing that I've made big decisions on is complete naivety. Maybe people who don't start are just a lot wiser than me and they know the vulnerability. Because you remember that first show I talked about that I did and I uh-huh. had the group. So when we went to hang the show, I have a really good friend called Julie King and she's an artist and she's she's wonderful at hanging as well. Like she has such a good eye. So she came to help to help me. I'm doing air quotes now. So I get in the coffee shop. The coffee shop is not closed. I'm doing all that, you know, that sort of um, hustly thing of trying to carry pictures and stuff. So you're already a bit hot and bothered. So we start to get the stuff out, the nails and the... She likes to put them in series and stuff. So she was chatting with me about it. I get this big migraine. I am getting so hot. I cu- when I get a migraine, I can't see properly. So I'm getting blurry vision and I'm starting to have palpitations. So basically I'm starting to have a huge panic attack in the coffee shop because I'm standing. Who am I? Like suddenly you, you see your work. It's outside the comfort of your own home and joy. I'm putting these funny little pictures out in the world and I had this big vulnerability yeah what you said the the wise people who don't start they knew that they'd have to get over that I didn't know I'd have to get over that and bless my friend she just she pretty she could tell what was going on she she just hung the lot was beautiful about it but what I will say is the next day I don't know if you find this when my The transition from it going from my safe place to the outside world, it's getting a lot easier now. There's always a little bit of tension, but I'm starting to know that feeling now. But the day after, there's like a distance between, do you find that? I'd go in the coffee shop and it was so lovely to be surrounded by my work and to see my work in all in one together. It's like, oh, it did make sense after all. It seemed cohesive. But also I didn't feel like any, no one knew it was me then. There was like a distance. It was like I could let them go then. Putting them up and owning that was terrible. (laughs) But once they were up, they were free to be in the world. And and that's a story in itself, how people interact with your stuff. So yeah, it is, yeah. It's a birthing process. I think it's so wonderful that we need each other to be bold and brave and to lift each other up. And it sounds like you have such a supportive community to help you do that because that is so important. And one of the first times my art was displayed was in a coffee shop. And when I went in for the first time and they hung it. And when I went in for the first time and saw all of my art up, there were, I don't know, maybe eight pieces or so. I had this physical reaction where I sort of sunk into myself and I didn't I don't know if I was embarrassed. I didn't want anyone to know it was me because if I saw people looking up, I was so afraid I would see people looking up and going, what is that doing there? That's not real art. You know, like there was this panic, but there was also this elation of, oh my gosh, someone thinks 
it's good enough to be out in public. So there was this tension and pull between being mortified, embarrassed, terrified, and also really proud and excited. And I didn't know what to do with that for a while. And that's, I think, when you were talking earlier about that sort of transition and that distance that you put, that was my experience. So I don't know if that resonates with you or not, but. No, it um, does. It sounds like you put yeah. your, yours was all happening in one because you hadn't gone through that process of having right. sort of thing. It, can, it sounds like it's exactly the same, but you're getting the two, which would be very, very I'm happy. I'm, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the first time something sold, I was like, somebody bought something. Those red um, dots, eh? Oh. The first time you show your work, and for someone who isn't your family to put a red dot on is just, yeah, that's the start of feeling it's okay as well. Sadly that we need that, but we kind of do. The other thing I was thinking, isn't it funny that we think, you know, because I see lots of people going in a coffee shop, standing, pointing and laughing at the work going, that doesn't belong here. Like, I never see that. When do we, when do, Never. when do someone do that? If they don't like it, they're just kind of not even seeing it sort of thing. But we do think that someone's going to, excuse me a minute, I have to stop the coffee shop because this is just offensive, you know. Like, someone needs to take this down. Oh, take it down right now. Who did this? Yeah. Are you cognizant that you are really good at pushing yourself to the edges of your comfort zone? No. I don't live like that. Isn't that? Yeah, I'm not that person. Do you think you don't push yourself to the edges of your comfort zone or that you just don't realize you're doing it? Uh, living my life, I never push myself to the edges. You just talked about a couple stories where you did. From an outside perspective, it seems like it was, I mean, it's scary to put your work out in a coffee shop, right? Yeah, you did it anyway. You went up to them and you said, "Can I be part of your show?" When you had two pieces done, I know. I mean, you don't think that's pushing yourself to the edge of a comfort zone, or was, it, or is that just how you live your life? I think, I th again, it's that strong need. There's lots of things I'll let slide, and then every so often in my life, there's this big thing that says, "Do it. You've got to do this." And I do random brave things, but generally I live like a <laughs> someone who likes to not push themselves. No, I, I, and that's why I got, I think I knew myself enough. That's why I got my people around me because I knew I would let it go. And I, you don't even know what it is, do you? You remember when you start, I didn't know what it was, but I knew it was something that I wanted to do. I knew that. Do you ever get stuck in your work? Yes. Well, it's funny, isn't it? Because I'm actually at a place at the moment where I haven't really, I've only made a couple of pictures this year, but I think it's part of my process too. I think I go through a cycle because my year, uh, I, I really work towards a calendar. That seems to be a good project for me. So I work through the year for the calendar for the next year. And then I, sell the calendar at the end of the year and it's like a whole it's a whole thing for me in my head it helps me structure my year because then when the calendar's out my blogs and writing is all about that calendar and then I will be working in my studio on next year so it's like this 
it's it's good to have a kind of framework, I guess. But I do notice that after that year, when the calendar's out, there is a downtime, and um, I call it a composting time. It's it's time where you feel like you're not doing anything. You're just kind of mooching around, and you get you don't really you can't really attach to anything. Nothing's coming. This is my process. I think I mooch about. Nothing's really working. And then suddenly I get one idea and then it seems to build up through the year. That seems to be it. And then even one year, I think two years ago, I told my creative group, I'm not doing a calendar this year. It was about, I think it was about September time. I was like, I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm not doing it. And then two weeks later, I'd done the calendar. I just had everything I needed. I just didn't. So I think I know myself quite well now to have this voice that goes, oh, there you go. Having your little freak out. Let's, you know, let's still do it. So I do get stuck. I'm hoping that I think it's part of my process. It's not really stuck. It's just taking a break and letting things um, compost, really getting ideas. But I haven't been able to test them out yet. You have to go look at Caroline's website. She has on her blog for March, she wrote this beautiful piece about composting and I'm not going to read it because it's kind of long, but it's worth every, <laughs> every line. I just oh. devoured it. It's beautiful. I love, I love the analogy of composting. Where did that piece come from? That writing piece? Uh, well, it came from the picture of composting. And I talk about it quite a lot, actually. I talk about it quite a bit with my clients, too. I think it helps to take the pressure off the not doing, you know, in, even enjoying the down times and kind of having, after you've had a few years of your process, it's really good to see what your process is to understand it because people can't really tell you what your process is. Only you will really find out all your little quirks in there. And if you're if you're sort of looking at someone else, you might think that they're really good at something. But I think it's just because that's part of their personality. People tend to be good at what their personality is. So you're really good at whatever your personality is. So I like to mooch about. And that's probably why I put composting in. But I think it's true because when you start something, all these ideas come in that, that have that you know came from two months ago, that person said that thing, or I saw that thing, or whatever it is, it, it suddenly is as if it was a picture to be made, but it, it's random things all put together. And sometimes I'll make a picture, and then the words come afterwards, and they just, they the words can sometimes frame the picture, or sometimes the other way around. It, it's like this moving thing. So I just have to kind of work with it. I can even not like a picture until I've put the words on and then I love it because it's put a real quirky sort of angle on it or something, or I don't really know why I did that picture. I think my favorite was a crocodile I did. I had this idea, I think I was having a bad day and I, in my head something was like, um, oh, well, at least you didn't get eaten by a crocodile. And then, then I was like, why don't you just make a picture, like not expecting to use this picture at all. But then I did, and then I put something on the end, like the art of positive thinking. I was like, oh, I love that. Like, it's, that's a good, exp so it becomes like a mantra for me when things, it helps to put words into those feelings that come and 
take you over sometimes. It helps make feelings more manageable is what I think I've done. Mm -hmm. I know more what's going on because I've quoted it. So like freakouts before an exhibition, that's that's me. Two weeks before an exhibition, everything I look at is rubbish. And then I can go, oh, look, you're doing your freak out. So I did a picture of a girl freaking out before uh, with some sewing. It's it's so important to just acknowledge it and then yeah. you can keep going, right? Yeah, it's, it's key. the battle. Yeah, it's so, things are really quite simple. That's been my understanding. Things are actually quite simple, but it doesn't mean that they're easy sort of thing. They, You still have to acknowledge and all the work and stuff, but it really isn't that complicated. It's us. <laughs> oh, for sure. I love that you brought up the downtime and how important that is because from society and social media and pressure from, I don't know, friends and family and just everywhere you turn, it's what have you accomplished? What does success mean? How are you going to grow? How are you going to make more money? Go, go, go. And that, that if you're not physically doing the thing, then it doesn't count or something. And I think I think people are coming around to the fact that it's important to take time, whether you're a meditator or you just go for a walk or you just stop, right? You just stop for a while. That downtime piece, right? Yeah. The composting, the your mind is full. All these ideas are battling around. And sometimes you just have to let them sit and stir on their own. Yeah. I'm not a big believer in busy <laughs> which I think is a bit weird for people. I remember it being quite strange that people wanted me to be busy all the time. That's a question, isn't it? It's like, and how are you doing? You're busy. And I remember shocking someone by saying, no, I'm, I'm not actually very busy at all. <laughs> this is before children. I, I've never been into being busy. I have, I've liked being at home. I like having home times and ploddy times and, and probably thought that that was, you know, you're lazy or, but yeah, now I'm kind of like, yeah, I am. <laughs> Sometimes I have my lazy times and I kind of need them. You're shocked by the word lazy. No, it's <laughs> wonderful. I'm jealous that you're so comfortable with that. Like I can do it, but there's still that little part of me that thinks you should be doing something else. You should, should, should. I hate the shoulds. We got to get rid of all those shoulds. And you can always catch it now, Hake. Should, mm -hmm. I think I decided that could might be all right. Could, could, could's okay. Shoulds, definitely. Mm -hmm. And you, I don't, do you catch them now in your head? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I catch up my shoulds and it's like, oh, that's probably something I don't want to do then. It's hard though. You still have to live life. You still have to do a lot of things you don't want to do. <laughs> That's you still true. have options to choose from where you don't want to do one, two, or three. Can I not, you know, you still have to. Is there something that's particularly challenging for you that we might not expect? The thing that's, it would be, I think it would be surprising for people to know that I don't, I don't do public. I don't do the vulnerability that I put in my work is very outside of my character normally. But somehow the platforms on social media and somehow the platform of making pictures has given me what seems to be a place to do it. 
and to have conversations that I would never have in a group of people or I'm not shy is the wrong word. I'm not as outlandish as I think I sometimes appear, but it's because I feel like I'm talking to friends and stuff. Does that make sense? I'm, you know, I'm like this with friends, but not with, you know, in a business or anything like that. I'm quite, yeah, I'm a lot quieter. Talk a little bit more about your relationship with social media. Social media, yeah, it's, yeah, it's mixed, but I generally feel, I feel quite grateful to it for letting me find a voice and be able to, I feel like I express myself in a way that I never used to and have conversations that I always wanted to have but never do. And, you know, I know it can be, there are definitely negative experiences. I think I've just been lucky right now and I'm probably not popular enough. It's probably quite good. I have very kind people, you know, I've had nothing but great community, finding great people. Yeah, I found the good in it. It does get noisy sometimes and I feel a bit bad. It's hard for me to be part of the noise. Sometimes I'm a bit aware of that. So, but that's usually when I've been on it too much as well. Do you participate in any of those challenges? And how do you feel about that? Okay, so I'm doing my first challenge I've ever done this month. I'm doing March Meet the Maker. Right. Joanne Hawkers. And I've seen it before, but I know a lot of makers that have done it in the past. I don't even know why I thought I'd do it. Again, it was just a kind of, oh, that sounds nice. I'm not usually a joiner, but I did start this one and I'm really enjoying it. What we on? Day 11. And um, it's fun. It's actually, it's, it's a bit like a business therapy. You get to think about what you do in different ways. You get to mix your posts up a bit more. Probably because it's the first time I've done it. I'm finding it really interesting, actually, looking at things differently. Yeah. And it takes away, I don't like to post every day, but this takes away that feeling. I feel like I'm being a good student posting every day, not I'm bothering people. So it takes away that kind of discomfort that I sometimes find. I love meeting the makers. I love seeing the faces behind all the work. So I appreciate you doing that. So I wanted to ask you if you did challenges as well. Have you done one? I have. There was a challenge that someone tagged me on where you had to do 10 days of art sort of from your archive. So look way back and post a picture of something that you've made in your lifetime. And what was kind of cool was I went back and I found a carved rabbit that I did when I was like in eighth grade. And then I found something I did five years ago, or I found something I did a year ago. And it was a way to see the progression of my work that really they were all related. And I've never looked at it that way before. And I was kind of annoyed at the beginning of it. I'm like, Oh, I have to post again. But it was a really cool thing. I think mentally for me. Did you inform any work that you've done since? (laughs) Well, I have to admit that I haven't been in the studio yeah, because most of my time is now on the podcast and my day job. So I haven't really been doing a lot of art and I'm surprisingly okay with that. I thought I would miss it, but I don't. I really, really love talking to all of you. Like this is what feeds me now. So this is my, this is my creative 
work right now. Can you talk a little bit about the physicality of your work and if you have to sort of rest and recharge? I think because my work is different things, there's different parts to it. It's like I go around stations. So I think it's actually quite good for me because I stand at quite a tall table to do the placing and the cutting and, um, you know, trying to find the pieces that I'm doing. But then I'll sit down and sew. And then if I'm writing, I'll be sitting. So I move around my studio quite a bit and that really suits me. I'm not very good at being in one place doing one thing. It's my mooching probably. (laughs) So with my pizzas, I'm just sort of... um, yeah, just moving around doing different things so it's actually quite a peace it's quite a restful process I think yeah, it's just gentle movements actually I nothing of it's like mass production so it, it's quite a it's quite gentle on the body probably and it is more small than I'm because I've got quite big hands I'm not a particularly genteel person but actually my pieces are quite small and I like that I started uh, doing embroidery on the pieces and that's the one thing I'd never had was a mobile piece to my work I love seeing people knitting out or being able to watch tv or you know taking their piece with them but I got to just take little pieces and I make little jumpers as little sweaters sorry and do uh, some embroidery on top of them so that was something I could actually do around the house and stuff so I finally got my dream element of a little bit of mobility to it as well I can envision you doing that let's talk about obsessions obsessions uh, well, I'm quite obsessed with all of this at the moment. In January, I started this clarity project, I called it. But it's become a thing by itself of really immersing myself in stitch pictures, the making, but also the the mind stuff that goes around it, what this, what I'm trying to do or say. I'm trying to be more conscious of what it is I don't know if that makes sense. And also with the coaching idea and the bringing makers together, I'm trying to figure out how I can, how can I put this all together as a, as a one thing. I'd like to have a space where people feel they can just come and how I felt when I came to Vancouver Island. I think I'd like to capture that for someone that they're just, they're out and they see this space and it's like, oh, what do you like to do? And you know, really encouraging people to connect to that part of themselves and to let them know that they can do it with my pictures, with my words, with the the visual markets, with the groups. Somehow that's become my obsession of this. I still haven't quite made it a tangible thing yet, but that's what I'm, I can't stop thinking about it. I can't stop thinking about these conversations, how people get to where they're going, why people aren't doing what they want to do or what makes them happy. Just having those conversations really excites me. It seems that the work that you are putting out, your stitched pictures with the picture and, you know, the artistic piece that you create along with the words are doing that, right? Because when someone looks at one of your pieces, it resonates with them. And they're saying, yes, this person understands what I'm going through. And there's this knowing and there's this recognition of, oh, yeah, me too, right? It's kind of a me too moment, not that kind of a me too moment, but you know what I mean. It's back to that idea of feeling seen and heard. Right. And that it is coming out in your artwork 
and it's coming out in your community that you have. And I'm sure it's coming out in the coaching that you're doing too. And that, that's, that would be the best thing, basically hearing you say that and for that to be what's happening is my obsession. And I kind of frame it as being, I'm not into the big events for people because I do cards and stuff. It's, you know, birthday, whatever, but I'm more into that little odd feeling that keeps coming back. Those little things that happen, the everyday life is really what I connect to. And so any part of my day can be composting for a picture. Like I can see a fabulous outfit on someone. I, I did a picture about it's an introverted day. And that was just from driving through Victoria. And I saw this woman, She it wasn't very hot. I think that's what made me laugh. She had just on regular clothes, like no coat or anything, but she had the biggest scarf I've ever seen that pretty much came over her face and down her neck. And so I just laughed. I thought that'd be a great picture to make a scarf and to wrap it around. And then I was like, oh, yeah, I have those days where I just want to hide behind a scarf. So So I called it an introverted day. Just like that's what I get to do every day is just see all this funny stuff going on that we all do. And so, yeah, it it makes every day a little bit more interesting, really, something that I can connect to. Even looking at hairstyles. There's only so many hairstyles I can think of, but I love looking at different hairstyles and braids and stuff. And yeah. I like to ask, are there reactions or conversations you hope to spark in people when they look at your work? I feel like we've touched on this quite a bit, but I'm just going to add here that for me, when I look at your work, I feel a sense of comfort and sort of warmth and like, it's all going to be okay. It's just a very calming feeling that we're boiling it down to the essential things that are so important in our life, right? I don't know. There's just this, there's just this connection when I see your work. You know what? That is the most perfect thing I could hear. You, and it is simple. And that's, that's exactly what I've been looking for in my life. And to think that someone would look at my little pictures and feel that is amazing. Like. That's really nice of you to say. Thank you. You're welcome. It's from the heart. I just discovered you, Caroline, like, I don't know, a month ago. I've talked about your work with so many people. I'm like, you have to look at this. I was in the car the other day with my sister, and even though she was driving, but she was at a stop sign. And I said, look at these cards. Aren't they adorable? She goes, oh my gosh, how do I get those? And I said, well, you go to her website and you can order them. (laughs) But it was just this joyful reaction from her. And I think that's what I think that's what your work does. It just elicits this joyful reaction and understanding. So anyway, thank you for that. Well, you know, it will be hard for me to listen to this because hearing one's voice is always a little jarring, but I will re-listen to hear what you've said because that's gonna that's gonna keep me going. That was the best thing I could have heard. To think that other people are talking about the funny little stuff I put out there is crazy. Can you, can we talk about your studio a little bit or your working space? Yeah. So this is very new to me. So we moved um, house last year, beginning of February, we moved here and I have the most amazing studio space. I know. Yeah, it's above and beyond what I ever expected. It was funny when we came to look at the house. So I'll tell you a little story. So we, we were looking, it's lovely. 
And then we went downstairs and there's a basement, you know, and there's a little nook in the basement. I was like, oh, I see. And then then I could have my little studio in there. And my husband's like, no. And I was like, oh, OK. Then we would go into the next bit of the basement and it's unfinished. And it's where you do the laundry and there's the furnace. I was like, oh, OK, well, I could I could go here. And he goes, no. And then he opens this door, the third bit. And there's this room. I don't know what they use this for. It's the most grown up, beautiful room I have ever seen. It's huge. It's got a concrete floor, but it's got this beautiful wood, wood ledging at the side. It's got full on electrics. It's just, I'm used to hodgepodging things together. I, I think, I wonder if it was a media room or something. It's got light, even though it's in the basement, it's got a door to the outside. So it's perfect for when we can do open studios and stuff. It's insanely lovely, but it's taken a while for me to get comfortable in the space because it feels so grand and proper. And I'm getting there now. I actually tied it up for you, <laughs> <laughs> but it was good. It was nice to tidy it. You know, there's things you think you'll do. I thought it would be a lot more interactive. And obviously with COVID happening, no one's really been there. But it, it will happen and I'll be able to have people visit at some point, you know, in the future and stuff. So, yeah, my studio is lovely. I'm the luckiest person. Um, is there something in your studio that you can't live without? I can't live without my big cutting table. And now because I have the space, it used to be too, it was always one of those tables that's too big for the space. But it's, I can't remember how long it is. I think it's just over seven foot or something. My husband will correct me but it's it's really long and it stands high and it means that I can have all the different stations of my working on one table so I can have a painting section I can have a cutting section I can have a god knows what this mess is section so that is my favorite <laughs> part and it's got drawers you can just shove stuff when people would ever come around sort of thing so yeah my cutting table oh drawers I know I feel like that's such a luxury I know I know you hate me right now it's like this. uh-huh do you have a uniform? Um, I had a painting thing that I put on, like a denim one. Um, but you know what? I actually wear more, my clothes are quite uniform as well. I don't, I don't really like to worry about what I'm going to wear and a thing. So I have quite a standard getup, and a lot of it's covered in paint now, and that's okay. I just wear leggings and a and a dress and long sleeve top. Is there something you're aching to change in the world or in yourself? No, I, I do like to, and we've talked about this a lot. I do like to change the conversation for people a bit if they want it. Of It's all right doing what you're doing. As is, where is, is great. Um, I think a lot of people want to change themselves or, and we all do that. We'll, we'll do something when we're. And I kind of like being a little voice in the corner. If someone needs to hear it of actually you're doing great the way you are. And yeah, as is where is. I'm, I'm a big believer in that now. But it comes with age, I think. It's hard for someone in there unless they're very wise. It, it takes a while to get there. But I want that's what I want to be a voice for, a place for people to hear it's, it's actually all right. You don't need to change a thing. Yep, we need to hear that over and over again. Thank you for saying that. Do you ever think about what success looks like for you? No, I don't think that way of thinking works for me. As long as it's feeling good, it's it's success, I guess. Yeah, as long as I don't feel icky with anything I'm doing, as long as I'm not forcing stuff. 
success is when I'm relaxed and comfortable and confident in what I'm doing. And that's only when I'm doing what comes from inside. When you look elsewhere, that's when it, that, that's when it goes wrong for me. So I think yeah. we get scared by the word success, don't we? Because you think it has to be uh, a meeting of other people's expectation, I guess. Whereas I suddenly realized I could use the word success for my, my own interpretation. That's a, that's a new thing for me interpreting things in your own way say more about that um a bit like that that um the marketing chat that we were having that we were talking about realizing that you can do life any way you actually want is like a surprise to me I don't know do other people do other people know that and I've only just come to realize it I never thought to ask questions about what I was supposed to be doing I was just doing them Maybe talk a little bit about Jillian, the woman that you had on that Instagram live mm. piece. Jillian Lawrence, yeah. yeah. She's a local marketing lady. And the way she talks about marketing is so comforting, actually. I was, I was going to say grander words, but actually she reflects that marketing can be exactly however you want it to be. You don't have to... You don't have to fit a certain way. You don't have to do someone's system for marketing. And that really resonated with me. And I think probably a lot of us, especially people, and this is what she says, people who are doing heart-led work and artists, the, the sort of recipe for getting ahead in marketing and all that, it doesn't sit right. It's not a natural way for us. And I think we always feel like we have to do it to be seen or to reach people but actually it's the opposite really the way to connect with people is just to express who you are and to have those conversations and to do it from um, a mindful leading and that's okay in fact it's better than okay it's the most authentic way you can reach people you're not trying to change someone's mind you're just trying to reach someone who is as interested in what you do and vice versa it's it, yeah it's a it was a new way for me of thinking about it even though it really resonated with how I felt about marketing and stuff that was great one of the things I got out of that hour-long conversation that you had with her and I'll put a link in there in the show notes so oh, you guys wow. can go look um but was it's not about the algorithms, like she took the algorithm piece out of the equation a little bit. You know, you always hear, here's what you have to do to get more followers. You have to do the reels or you have to do the live or you have to do email marketing or, and she just kept saying, figure out what sits with you, figure out what resonates with you and do that thing because you're never going to do anything very well if your heart isn't in it and you're just following the motions, right? So if what you love is to get on Instagram live and just do a quick thing every day, go ahead and do that. If that totally terrifies you and you never want to do that, then don't do something else. It was like, she gave you permission to be yourself, which we just need to hear more of. Yes. That was my takeaway. Yeah. And it's so freeing because then, then it's like, well, what do you like to do? And there's always something we like to do and then follow that. And having someone around to reflect it to you, we discount the values that we have because we find them so easy. We assume everybody has it, but we don't realize it's what 
it's the, it's what's making you special. It's what makes you interesting. Not everyone has that. That's kind of what you add to it. But we forget that those little, th it's the little easy things that we do that we, we don't realize how much they're part of us and how important they are. I used to write little notes to my mum Anytime I left, this is before texting, obviously. So I'd leave something on the table. It'd be a little funny note and I'd do a little doodle and stuff. And she used to say, I love your little notes when I come back and stuff. And that's kind of an effect what I'm doing my stitch pictures. But only when I started doing this, did I, was I able to make that, oh yeah, no, I, I love writing notes and doodles and stuff. And so it's finding out, it's looking in and finding out what, what is your special thing. And that's going to be your key to starting the thing you want to do and also telling people about it. It's going to be the way you do it. There's this mindset I used to have that if it was easy, it must not be valid. If it was easy for me to do this thing, then it must not be worthy. Like it has to be hard. There has to be struggle. And of course there's struggle in everything you do, but you know what I mean? Like overall, like it really has to be difficult. And what if the thing that is easy for us is the thing that we're meant to do to put out in the world. Yeah. Like take that. It's really easy. Right. Well, you know what happens well, because we're used to that, what we do to our easy is we add in the hard. You can see people do it. They could, you, they're like, you're talking to them and they go, oh, I love that. And la, 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 la. And then, and then you see them completely jump to, Oh, but I don't know how I'm going to get it to a publisher or, people aren't going to like it and I haven't really got the time they but that's how we're trained to do it we're trained to to start putting obstacles in our way so that we get to struggle over them we could just do the easy thing <laughs> you don't have to don't have to do all that <laughs> do you think that having a community of people to bounce that off of is enough to propel someone forward and like out of that mindset yeah yeah and when you share with people, you realize it's part of it. Everyone's got this. And you right. always think the other person's, like I will look at you and go, oh, but she's got it sassed. Not me, not me, but she's got it. You always think that the other person, and then they look at you and go, are you kidding me? Do you know what I've just, we all think other people are doing it better, got it got it sorted. And then when you're sharing with these people in groups, you find out you're all doing exactly the same. And sometimes at different times, there's always someone in the group that will be going through a harder time, but we all know we'll go, oh, look, you're going through the hard times. You remember it was me six months ago. It's part of that process. And when you know something is a natural part of the process and you don't put as much weight on it, it'll come, but you can kind of let it, oh, look, there you are, procrastination, perfection, imposter. Oh, there you, you know, you can recognize it and then it mm -hmm. doesn't consume you as much I think when you share with other people telling those stories okay before we wrap up I'm wondering if you would talk just a little bit about this creativity coaching you mentioned early on can you tell us a little bit about what that entails and what you're hoping to do with it um I'm still in my way of finding out and I think on a small scale it helped me with starting the group showed me how important and having Sia at the beginning that mentorship is really an important way if you want to start getting things done 
before I started to make changes, I was repeating patterns all the time. If I read journals from one year, it didn't matter. It was all saying the same thing. And I think when I get to this age, it's like, you're not going to change unless you make a change, unless you get someone. It's really just someone helping you along. It might be that someone would come because they have an idea of something they'd like to do, but they're not doing it. It might be that they have a like a creative business and they've reached a point of not knowing what to do next. It might be that someone just wants to have these sorts of conversations to find that connection for themselves. I think I'm really growing towards enjoying people at the start of that journey. I love seeing people finding that thing for themselves. And it comes from talking and making connections that you haven't had the chance to do. Well, my clients blow me away. My role really is holding the space for them. And what they what they do, it just makes me so like I just want to clap so much because they'll come back to me. We meet every, we'll chat every two weeks. <laughs> And usually it will start with, I haven't really done much. And then they'll tell me what they've done. And it's like, hang hang on a minute. <laughs> and as we're writing it down, we just forget what we've done. Uh-huh. And, and you forget the little steps. So when someone can reflect back, look at all these steps, and then you realize you're five steps up or wherever you are, it's, it's encouraging for yourself. You have to take note of those little steps because they count. And they build up to amazing things. And we're talking, yeah, it's a safe space to talk about hopes and dreams, which is not something that you chat about over coffee easily because they're very private to you, really. To put that out in the world with someone is, and, and I don't take that lightly at all. It's an important, it's an important moment. Yeah, you're doing good work. Thank you. Are you ready for your rapid fire questions? Yes, of course. Born ready. Go. Okay. If you could sit down with another artist or creative person and have a conversation like this one, who might you ask? Okay. This is a, this was a tricky one, but I chose Maud Lewis, folk artist from Nova Scotia. Uh, There was a film on her called Maudie. Yeah. She did folk art, lived in a little house and she painted her house and so confident in her work. She, she was just very inspiring, but very owned her stuff. I love her work. It's, it's that simple, human, vibrant sort of style. But you know what? I don't really want to talk to her. I just want to watch her. Is that allowed? Sure. <laughs> I, just want to, I just want to spy on her in her life. Just watch her paint. And yeah, she just put whole creativity in such a small way. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Can you describe a favorite outdoor spot? My favorite spot is actually, it's just a little walk that I do from here. It's about five minutes away. It's a Gary Oak Preserve. And it's, I don't know, 15 minutes max, but it's just a really nice, I like it. It's quick access. And I just like to walk there. Yeah, just because it's been preserved, it has spring flowers. And it reminds me a little bit of England as well. So it's my little touch. And it's just, yeah. It's just a little walk that I do called the creek. What would you do with a financial windfall? Uh, I would let my husband retire. Let him. <laughs> <laughs> I would enable him to retire. He's he's worked hard and it would be nice for him to have the same space that, that I had to explore the things that he likes to do. 
Oh, that's sweet. I know. I'm adorable. (laughs) (laughs) You are. What is your comfort food? Okay. um, Cake. Well, it's, it's like cake and tea. Cake and tea is my comfort. Or if I had to get really practical, it's mashed potatoes and gravy. So take take your pick. I give you two. You could have them both in the same day. There is no oh, law against that. Same day. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Oh, Caroline, I feel like we could talk for another hour. Bless you. Thank You're you so amazing. much. Thank you. You're like, we're just hanging out in my home. I love this. We are. We're pretty much just hanging out here. This is what it's supposed to be like. No, really, I appreciate all you're sharing really from the heart. And I think you're doing wonderful work. And go to her website, check out her beautiful stitched pictures, collage, sewing, mixed media, poems, writing, the blog, just really fun. And buy the note cards. I didn't see the calendars for sale. Maybe they're all gone. They're all gone now. Oh, dang. Okay, next year. year. Next year. Okay. We'll be be ready in November or December, (laughs) whenever they're done. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Oh, I hope you enjoyed this episode with Caroline. Here are the takeaways. Number one, it's looking in and finding out what is your special thing. That's going to be your key to starting the thing you want to do. Number two. We all think other people are doing it better and have it sorted. And then when you're sharing with these people in groups, you find out you're all doing exactly the same. When you know that something like procrastination or perfection is a natural part of the process, you don't put much weight on it. You could recognize it and then it doesn't consume you. Number three, we don't realize how important the little easy things that we do are and how much they're a part of us. Number four, Caroline says, I'm not a big believer in busy. Number five, Caroline says, success is when I'm relaxed and comfortable and confident in what I'm doing. And that's only when I'm doing what comes from inside. When you look elsewhere, that's when it goes wrong. And number six, it helps to put words into those feelings that come and take you over, making them more manageable. Okay, thank you so much for listening. And thank you for all the comments you send me on Instagram. I love, 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 love them. It's so nice to know that somebody is out there listening and appreciating what we're putting out there. So I know you have a million things you could be doing right now. And I really appreciate all the time you take to tune into these conversations and to let me know how they resonate with you. If you like this episode, if it resonates with you, And if you think someone else would appreciate it, please share the link with a friend and please, please do subscribe to the podcast. More and more people will find out about it that way. And this project is really about creating a community and sharing all the stories and experiences of creative souls out there. So thank you for your help. I hope that you feel less alone after you listen to my guests share their experience, strength, and hope in this creative world. Acknowledge the mess and keep going. All right. Have a great week. Be kind to yourself and others. Bye.